Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. My name is Super Vegan Brian, and I'm joined by Curse Smurferka. Hola. David Theobald the third. Hi, everybody. And we have a guest for the first time in a while. I, you know, I think Yay! I when we were having guests every week, we were like, we have, we were going to do host episodes for the next few times, and we had host and host and host and host and host and host and host for a long time. It's about the time we had a guest again. Um, so, um, a tribal lion, who also known as Mike Cockroft, is one of our patrons, and made a suggestion on our Discord, and this was our first suggestion on Discord, um, to do an episode on um personal finance for nerds and um i was like we could totally do that but i think it would be really cool if we brought someone on so um i reached out to my gm who runs our Pathfinder games and um said hey do you know anybody who could talk about this topic and he was like i can do it so um hey everybody welcome jay jay welcome to the podcast hi jay yeah, appreciate it. Hi there. Yeah, J- um, what can you tell us about yourself, man? Um, yeah. Okay, I guess we'll start with nerd cred. Um, I I have been uh, role playing for uh, basically the same or with the same group of people for the past twenty years or so, and and role playing in general since high school. Um, doing a lot of originally we did D and D third edition three point five, moved on to Pathfinder. Now we're doing Pathfinder second ed for the first time, as uh, as Brian can profess to that because. I'm still a crazy novice for the, the rules. Um, and uh, I, uh, I co-founded a, a podcast with uh, fellow Ryan Costello, who currently works at Laughing Dragon Studios. And he's, he's actually the, um, the head writer now for their Looking for Group comic, in fact. Wow. Oh, neat. So weren't, they, weren't they like Flying Weasel or something like that before? The- yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. Laughing Dragon. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's that. I am, what else? I am a musician, uh, a father of three. Uh, and uh, I guess on the on the finance side, I work for a large uh, American financial company. Um, I, I run finance technology and doing the personal finance side of things is a nerdy hobbit of my own hobbit and there you go <laughs> unintended nerdy habit of my own so yeah. that was the best like what do you call that a nerdy and slip my daughter my youngest daughter is um she's gonna be turning eight we just finished watching lord of the rings extended edition um that was 13 hours of you know, she loved it she really loved it so we're moving on to hobbit so that's why it's kind of uh you know on the on the tongue well you it's it's cool to have you here man i'm i'm really excited to talk about this topic 
um, we're going to, you know, it's not just going to be like, how do you budget and stuff like that? It's sort of going to be like, oh, it's not fine. I'm putting my well, it's going to be like, <laughs> how do you go to a convention and not go broke? Or how do you buy crazy, stupid shit? Like, it's like, you know, you hear about these people who they're not rich and they buy Lego sets. And it's like, are they in debt because they buy Lego sets? Most of them aren't. Most of them are just smart people. Some of them are in debt. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's rolling their eyes. Some of them are in debt. But there are ways to have a family and do nerdy stuff. And, you know, we'll talk about all that. But first... Well, not all of them involve But first, crime. we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, where we all talk about the nerdiest thing we've done in the last two weeks, and we vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system. Which we will explain. <laughs> <laughs> all right, widget we we away. <laughs> so, as our guest, Jay, you get to go first. So, what's been nerdy with you? Um, yesterday, in fact, I, um, I uh, run a, several committees at work, um, part of the management team, and I founded... Um, Basically, I re-energized our social committee. You'll see where we're going with this. Um, and I uh, renamed it the Ministry of Fun um, because fun is very serious business. And, you know, we really have to take this stuff. Anyways, uh, we ordained our new ministers yesterday with a full-on robes and powdered wigs. But because yesterday was May the 4th, oh, that's great. there was a Star Wars slant to it. Um, we mixed our metaphors galore and, uh, you know, did a little bit of improving, um, as well as pre-scripted slapstick type stuff. Had the entire, we had a couple hundred people in attendance. It was fun. Had them in stitches and then followed that up with a uh, Star Wars trivia quiz. But it wasn't just any old quiz. It was a quiz for only people who know, truly know Star Wars. Um, really kind of niche facts about things and, and facts where you try to trip people up. For example, how many languages is uh, C-3PO proficient in? And uh, six the, million, the I believe. Hint, the original hint was six billion. And you have to remember that it's six million, not six mm -hmm. billion. Little, little thingies like that. Um, so yeah, we had that, and then we uh, finished up the night with some, some uh, switch on the projectors, the large screens that we have, some board gaming all across the rest of the uh, cafeteria. We brought in some vendors for, for food and beer, and we had ping pong competitions, and it was a full-on nerd night, and it was, uh, it was glorious. It was really, really, really well. And it was for work. Stuff. It was for work. That's it great. It's basically bribery to get people into the office. I'm not going to lie. That's what it is, right? To, 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 you know, you want to be in the office. You want to have a good time, but we'll bring the good time to you if you show up. So. I, I really feel like everybody just feels like they don't even want to share their thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is like, no, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no. okay, we'll see. We'll see. Um, David, you're up. Uh, unfortunately, my nerdy thing is just more of the same for me. Uh, tomorrow starts the penult the sorry the anti penultimate weekend of Renaissance Pleasure Fair here in sunny Southern California. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna be working that all weekend. I've had three days off in the last four weeks. <laughs> I don't know what anti penultimate penultimate means third from the last third so the, from the last ultimate oh. is the last penultimate is the second to last anti-penultimate third to last i think you should get extra points just for using that word <laughs> yeah that one's always a fun one to throw it throw at people that don't see it coming 
the um the renaissance fair that david works is actually the original american mm-hmm. one yeah right. cool. yeah the southern california renaissance pleasure fair it's the first started in agura with a bunch of uh people that were interested in keeping it going grew from there and uh, also we're not all americans here oh, i see yeah oh. yeah we have we have someone from our northern cousins. i see yeah um erica what about you um so i kind of have two things i'm not sure you know i'll just say them both i guess um so i'm learning how to harden seedlings to be able to plant them outside because apparently you can't just grow seedlings inside and then put them in the ground when it's warm enough. You have to harden them over time. So it's like a whole process. So I didn't know that. I'm glad I looked it up. Um, So I'm teaching myself how to do that for my, um, you know, my first big garden that I've ever had. Um, And then the other thing that was just kind of a funny thing that happened is at my, um, my work, we had an event kind of like you were talking about, Jason, where you are bribing people to come into the office, basically, because we had a a really large um, launch of a new product um, this, this week. And so we did a, we did a um, Kentucky Derby theme. So everybody got to dress up and like Derby stuff and things like that. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but while we were hanging oh, out afterwards and getting drinks, everybody, you know, we went to a bar, everybody got drinks and stuff like that. I was talking to one of my coworkers and it was a very interesting interaction. He mentioned um, Jim, the, the Dresden Files books. And we started there and we went down a really really long rabbit hole of video games and book and all this sort of stuff. And I was just having a normal nerdy conversation just to have him stop and go, wow, you really are a nerd. You really know stuff. And I was like, thank you. And what made you think I wasn't? (laughs) It was a, it was one of those strange moments. And then it made me realize, Brian, you are right. And I, I've been a nerd my whole life and I didn't even know it. Yep. So when again, we asked her to be on the podcast, she was like, why? <laughs> I was like, why? I'm not a nerd. I don't know what you're talking about. And and I was wrong. That's what it comes down to. I was wrong. So that's your one, Brian. Your one in our whole life that you get. Just one. That's well, awesome. what's what's nerdy with you, Brian? Okay, so I got two things too. Um one I have to share. Um, I, um, organized an electronic waste event at work that went beyond satisfaction. It's, um, on face value, it's just a work thing. It doesn't come across as nerdy, but I wrote all my email communications with ChatGPT. Nice. I did edit them because there were some mistakes, but the biggest mistake, there wasn't many. It did a really good job. The biggest mistake it made is it included in the requirements to not turn in broken equipment. And Mm -hmm. it was an electronic waste event. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't really get the gist of what you were trying to you know, Well, it doesn't out. understand concepts. It just does pattern recognition. So it just very complex, large text pattern recognition. But I've been really on a mission in the past couple months to come up with ways to use it at work. And I've used it to write scripts. I crashed my computer running scripts that it wrote. Um, but I've come up with a few useful things. And using it not as writing the emails for me, 
but using it as a way to kickstart an email so I don't procrastinate it is a really great thing because one of the best ways to not procrastinate an email is to write something. And sometimes putting one word down is hard. And it's really easy for me to go on that program and go, hey, I'm holding this event. What do I send to my staff to let them know about the event? And then it gives a list and I say, okay, here are the answers to those questions. Write the email. And it does. And it's like, that's great. Can you make it sound friendlier? And then it does that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Can you make it friendly? Oh, my you God. You know, and um, it seems a little wordy. Can you streamline it a little bit, but and still include the important information? And it does. You know, you could ask it questions like, what's the most important points here? And then it'll tell you. And then you respond, well, can you take any everything out except those most important points? And it'll do that. And it'll sound like it was naturally written. It's a pretty cool tool. It, it should be used. When we first started playing with it, I think it was in February, January or February at work, um, you know, being part of a marketing team, we were like, let's see what this can do. And we asked it to write a poem in the voice of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it was excellent. <laughs> the second, nice. the Welcome second thing is unfortunate Radio, because it's sort of a secret, but home. our game is share the nerdiest thing you've done. And I have to share it, but it's going to get me in trouble. And uh -oh, did I... hello, my internet die. Uh, hello, oh. we can hear you. You're there. Yeah. That was that's my end. Wow, everything just stopped for a second and then started again. Oh, okay. That was weird. All right. <laughs> like, literally, everything froze. I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, as you all know, I play Minecraft, and I'm on a server with a bunch of people. And um, this podcast may get listened to, so there might be retaliation for this, but I started a prank war. <laughs> I, so, around April Fool's, this guy pops on our server, and he was already known as a pranker, and he popped on and just said, quack, and popped off. And one of the other guys I was doing something with goes, what was that about? And I went, I don't know, but do you want to build a giant duck at his base? And he said, yeah. <laughs> and then we went and did that. And then last, um, after about three weeks, that person posted on our Discord and said, who did this? Who ducked my base? All right. So I, I have one question. Yeah. Um, who leaps out of the rabbit? It's you, Lancelot, and Galahad. Leaps what? out of the duck. Never mind. Python reference. It's a poor attempt at a bad joke. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, Jay got it. That's that's the important part. I'm, yeah. I'm happy someone got it. I don't remember it. Wow. I got. Oh it. yeah, because it was a rabbit in the oh, movie. My yes, yes. God. <laughs> it was Continue, before Brian. the he cop out ending at he the end. Caught up. So much. <laughs> I mean, I have seen it. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, sure, sure. Um, David. Hmm. Oh, very nice. All I saw was like it green screened, and I just saw rocks. It's, it's chocolate. A very, a very fine, delicious. A very delicious chocolate. David and I talked about chocolate. Yes, it is. Oh, I like those. Enjoy it. Anyway, I will. This guy posts on the server that he got ducked and was like, and so I, he's an Australian and he's off during the day. So I go on Discord. I, I go on the server. There's like seven people online, and I just say, hey, I got an idea, everybody. Everybody build a duck in his base. 
God, that's fucked up. By the end of the day, one person built 32, one person built a giant mural of Daffy Duck, and one person built a rubber ducky that's very cute. And um, yesterday, the whole they were talking about it in the chat, and they were talking about having a war, and the person I pranked, or organized the pranks, because I really didn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, The person I pranked... post actually i was thinking and i'll just use my name because they i have a nickname in the server but i'll use my name here and i say actually i think brian is the one who organized this and i and i just responded i am so flattered that you think i could organize that many people to build really cool stuff (laughs) and immediately he responded with oh i'll have to figure out who did it then You devious little bastard, you. So, retracts into the hedge. There is more (laughs) that's going to happen, and I will reveal what happened after it happens and talk about it again on the show. I am waiting on pins and needles. And I'll let you guys know off recording. This won't even go to patrons because I know somebody will want to know. And, but, um, I I talked to some people and some stuff is going down. For those interested, look up my email address. I am susceptible to bribes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now we're on to voting. Um, the way this works is we each get a widget for each person on the show plus one. So five. And then you hand them out to the people that you thought had nerdy stuff or that you thought you just, you know, favoritism's fine. <laughs> um, Jay, you have five wig- widgets. Who would you like to give them to? <clears throat> Hey, um, actually, Brian, before we get there, I've got a light blinking on the console here. It seems I, like someone's trying to... I just see a, I just see a person trapped behind a mirror that's spinning through the air. Oh, we have a gateway to the Phantom Zone that has opened, and out step General Stolas himself. St- themselves stolas you're here hello or maybe not hold on anyway Moving. um you have five jay we'll we'll introduce stolas after we finish you about that. okay um uh am i doing this in the document i'm just no just, no, no, just tell people Perfect. how many okay. widgets i'll keep track um you can even give them to yourself yeah yeah no no i don't play that way. i think you had the nerdiest thing on the planet on, so. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll you guys to, uh, to do that um brian i'm gonna give you <clears throat> Three, I think, because the combination of those two things, as well as the depth that you went through to do an incredibly nerdy and like that's depth of Minecraft, that's like nerd on nerd. And so. I just admitted it in public, hello, which hello, is going, hello, it, hello, it, hello. but no, they're not going to listen to this. We'll see. <laughs> I am going to post hello. a link to the podcast in the on our server Discord. It's going to happen. So I think okay. it's just funny to me. Hello, 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 hello. Dolus, we can hear you. We can hear you, Stolas. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, we're going to finish up voting, and then you can jump in on topic. We're almost done with what's already with you. Oh, no. I missed yeah. my chance. Yeah. Well, let you you can, you can get the bonus episode, what's already with you. Okay, that works. Yeah. Um, um, and then I'll give a one to each of uh, David and Erica. Oh, well, thank you. They, they were equally nerdy in there. Uh, well, that's quite nice of you. In there. David? Uh, I'm going to give all five to Jay, because that was of course one of the are. nerdiest things I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Just guest favoritism and i'll have all of it <laughs> we have another guest who has the crown for always winning and i think you became dangerously close to taking that crown <laughs> um erica um 
I'm gonna have to give four to you, Bran, because I love a good prank. Oh, you thank know you. I love a good prank. And then uh, my other one can go to Jay. That was very nerdy. And had Brian not pranked somebody with ducks, <laughs> you you definitely would have gotten all of them. But Brian and I have played some pretty elaborate pranks on people throughout the years and i really love pranks so i love listening to uh, like i don't like being pranked um <laughs> because they're never good like i need like if you're gonna do it do it well um but uh but i love hearing about good pranks yeah, take brian you have to tell them about the ring prank we did because that was the oh yeah yeah let me write down pranks for the bonus episode because that's a good little thing to talk about and it's your turn to vote brian i'm making a note one sec um, I'm going to give all five to Jay because Yay! the powdered wigs is what got me. Yeah, I, I, as that's, soon as I heard that's that, pretty fucking dirty. That yeah. Oh, there was powdered wigs. There was crowns. There was uh, like visual gags. Like I had a scroll that drops to the drops yeah. all the way to the floor and starts scrolling, like rolling down the thing into like that was what I was going to be reading through. There's all sorts of. There was a lightsaber that was pulled out instead of a baton. We went nice. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to go nice. into too much detail, but it was hard. Oh, that's amazing. I want to start and, a social committee now. And and. <laughs> And I dress up like I'm from the 1500s on weekends, so... (laughs) I like the Ministry of Fun. That's great. Because I've heard them called team-building committees. I've heard them called all sorts of stuff. And Ministry of Fun, that's just fantastic. And, you know, since you're doing doing Star Wars as your theme, um, it stands for Moth. See, uh, unfortunately, (laughs) where I work, I I work in the concrete box with no windows. I see no smiles. Somebody gave me another one, too, yesterday, because my my, my CO, who was planning this with me um he was like okay well it's may the 4th so we got to do it obviously on may the 4th but i mean i'll make a joke about it being cinco de mayo eve and i was like ah that's weak that's weak and then somebody yells out they're like no nah, no nah, man tomorrow's just revenge of the fifth i was like oh yeah it's so good that's good uh, that's good well congratulations as winner um you get the widgets uh, um, unfortunately there's only 18 of them two were dead in the bottom of the box yeah so um you get the dead ones too um they do have i, I warn all our guests they have slight re- radioactivity um, just they keep follow... them in the lead lined pouch and you'll yeah. be okay and they follow gremlins rules so just kill them right away and nothing bad will happen <laughs> and you don't get lost <laughs> isn't that gremlins rules that's what yeah. it always seemed like to me get back in that cage <laughs> drag them into sunlight as fast as possible i mean All that right, movie would you. have been neatly solved if he just opened the cage outside yeah. <laughs> I feel a lot of movies would end well that way. <laughs> Most um, so, every movie where somebody makes a bad decision at the beginning and could have made a really easy decision right at the beginning. Um, so Stolas, meet Jay. Um, Jay is my GM for my Pathfinder game. We're actually going to be talking about personal finance for nerds today. Jay, what's it like DMing for a person who is DM'd for like most of his life. I swear, I think Brian was born with like a dungeon with like a DM manual in his hands. I was uh, I was warned of that actually before he joined. So I'm I uh, especially because we're on second edition and I never gemmed sec- I never played second edition for Pathfinder. Um, so I I knew I was going to be able to rely on him for rules and stuff like that. But he definitely challenges me because he'll be like, oh my character wants to do this or you know throw me a full-on curveball that me as a GM, I, I like saying yes and, mm-hmm. and I'm not at all ready. Most games, 
Brian will throw something at me where I'm like, I what? Okay, sure. Uh, I I really regret missing the last game yeah. because the bombshell I threw at you at the end of the one after before that, where I was like, we're gonna start a social reform in this city. In the city, yeah. <laughs> like, oh Jesus Christ! Oh no, no! I mean, it can't be any worse than the paladin and two clerics that started their own religion. I mean, yeah. Well. <laughs> That's a story from one of my old campaigns. No, but I mean, this is a this is a canon a canon city within an established universe that is basically it's run on one and one thing and one thing only money. We're right. playing in Catapash. The, half, the, the, the halfling mafia. Uh, well, no, it's it, it's just merchants galore, right? It's, it's like. We need to think about social reform, social justice, and maybe some philanthropy while we're at it. I'm like, yeah, it's like um, it's supposed to be like a Bangladeshi, Baghdadish kind of ah. city trade, mm-hmm. Arab trade based on legend, but the city happens to be run by aliens. Yeah, kinky, a little bit. Anywho, um, so all right, so nerdy, nerdy stuff um, with um, personal finance. Well, I, got, I, I, I'm so, I'm so completely thrown off by how nerdy Jay's nerdy thing was that I actually have to look at my bonus, my, my suggested questions to come up with something. Wow. Um. So obviously we're going to be talking about money, and not everybody has it. So this isn't meant to be like we're going to talk about all the stuff that we can afford you know some people have more money than other people we're talking about how to manage the money that you have so my the question i'll pop up with first is so jay what are some ways to manage the kind of purchases that nerds make so like how what would be the first thing you would think of when like going to a convention so i'm going to take a step back because before we start tackling that, you, you, I, I'm not going to spend too long on it. Because what I'm going to say is, there's basics of personal finance that apply yeah. to everybody, nerds or otherwise. If you don't have those, haven't done a little bit of learning, research, discussion yada yada around the nature of being able to run your life economically doesn't matter if you make 10 bucks an hour a hundred bucks an hour a thousand bucks an hour doesn't matter doesn't matter what strata of you know financial independence you exist at if you can't get those basics down none of the rest of it matters the basics of understanding your means and living within those means understanding needs versus wants understanding how to make a basic budget around the important things and understanding the basics around what it means to have credit what it means to have debt right um those things those are really fundamental and if you don't have those downs this isn't the podcast to listen to i would say i think there's many many great personal finance podcasts that you should listen to right to get yourself in order um if you have questions i'm happy to go into specific ones this time around or during this this podcast or video cast or whatever the hell we call this thing um podcast uh, most people okay, are sure. sitting with audio. We're just recording <laughs> video for the patrons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you would like to watch video as a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. You're so welcome to say Yes. Yeah. Speaking um, of managing your money, give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so those basics have to be set, right? And then what I would say, and th- this is it's kind of true for 
um, uh, a lot of different, okay, you, you've moved from your needs, basic perceptions and into your wants and you're, you're prioritizing what's important. And to, to, to us nerds, these, you know, a, a con style event, um, nerdy, ah, nerdier or niche purchases that can be pricier, right? Um, you know, depending on your hobby, um, it can be exceedingly pricey, but that can go for non-nerdy things too, you know, sports stuff. Warhammer 40k. Warhammer 40k. <laughs> um, uh, so, so what you need to do is basically when you've gone into your wants section, you need to think about your short, your medium, your long-term goals for investing in those things. Um, let's say you want to go to Gen Con every year, right? And you you've got a predictable set of things or goals that you want to achieve you, you need you know you need to save let's say a thousand dollars throwing that out there just because it sounds like a, about the right amount of money to go to gen con depending on where you live maybe there's a plane ticket or a, a, a long drive a lot of gas a couple nights at a hotel food etc cetera, etc cetera, and a whole bunch of purchases maybe that you're on there so you, your goal is to save a thousand dollars for that that's a predictable thing and you're going to want to do it every year that's the kind of thing you put in your wants budget on a regular basis right and it's got to be there right because it's the high priority thing but is it higher priority than say the, the latest and greatest game that's come out right or higher priority than the cost that you might incur uh, on doing a, a, a weekly podcast for example, right? Um, you know, Thank you, you patrons. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or, or running a game on a regular basis. Any of those, any of those kind of predictable things, um, you need to uh, be kind of set up for, um, and and have those as part of your regular budget, so that you're not surprising yourself by having to chip into it on a regular basis. And we'll talk about how you set that up with the budget going forward. But then that always tends to conflict with the money that, you know, oh, this game's coming out. Oh, there's another hundred bucks down the drain. Oh, this this crazy new Lego set came out. It's going to be 800 bucks for that Death Star or whatever it is, right? Um, these, these surprise one-off purchases that you find yourself just really wanting to invest in. Um, and you, you do that too often and then you end up short on cash at some point. Right. Um, that means you actually didn't budget for that. Your question for that then is, well, how do you budget for a surprise? How do you budget for, you know, something that you didn't think you were going to have to spend on? Right. It's a really good question. Right. Um, that's because you're not budgeting because budgeting isn't just trying to figure out what you're going to spend next year. It's about going back last year the year before and the year before that and having tracked your spending because you'll notice that you've had surprises every year. There's always surprises that come at us. And if we can look back far enough, we can see patterns, right? We can see um, money that was spent as a surprise and we can see even uh, a, a rate of change, maybe an increase of 10% per year, right? You can be clever about this stuff and be predictive and do it well. And Here's the kicker. It's not just for nerdy things. The same patterns emerge, for example, if you own a house and you're constantly investing in repairs, right? Or, you know, furniture, you know, outdoor improvements and things like that. Or you're, you're obsessive about cars, let's say, and you're always investing in your, you know, latest upgrades, right? You'll see those patterns. They'll grow and grow and grow. Um, and if you're able to predict, then you're able to budget and see whether or not you're going to be within your means. I have to say, Jay hit the nail on the head. 
because when I started um, when I started documenting my purchases, the budget just kind of magically forms because if you if you know what your spending habits are, you know what you're spending money on, and you know what you have spent money on, you can go, okay, these are my expenses. These are my requirements. What's important? What can I what can I give up? What do I need to give up? What do I need to prioritize? And you can make a plan. But you're not necessarily going this is how much I'm spending each month on this category. This is how much I spend on each category. You just analyze if you know if you catalog what you're spending money on, it can come more naturally. You, it's uh, very similar to time management. It is very similar, but you hit the nail on the head about having to do it regularly and on a monthly basis. Because the next step after having built a budget is to track the budget, track the spending, track the expenditure. That can be difficult. For example, if you use cash, cash is king. Um, and yes, there's absolutely reason to be paranoid about your digital footprint in places. But let's not kid ourselves, right? The safest form of currency transaction that you can do is a credit card. It's the one with the biggest digital footprint, but it's also the one with the biggest safety. But that comes with a lot of dangers because is credit is credit card money you have? No. Immediately it's debt you're creating for yourself. But Unless you pay it off every month. Well, yeah, that's, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But um, uh, one of the great things about a credit card is that it will track every single transaction. And if you use a secondary tool, right, to, to help you with your budget, right? I'm not, I'm not sponsored by any of these companies, but there's a very, very well-known and famous one out there that smells like a leafy plant. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, you use that kind of thing to import your transactions, it'll just line straight up with your budget, right? Plus it'll and help your credit too. I know that that's a really good way to help your credit is putting all your bills on a credit card and then paying it off at the end of the month. I, uh, I personally pay my credit card off twice a month, in fact, because I can never remember when my payment date is, right? Um, but it lines up exactly when my when my paychecks come through. So every time I get a paycheck, I'm paying off my credit card at the same time. I haven't paid a dime in interest probably in 15 plus years. Um, and I try to put everything on my credit. I get points too. I mean, why not? Let's get points. Let's get the benefits. I know. I, I get cash back. I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic cash back, right? Um, it's not for I, everyone. It's it, not for everyone. It, it's you're not right. for everyone. There, I mean, there is such a thing as spending addiction. And, you know, maybe credit cards are not right for all. But um, if you can, if you can be disciplined and you can budget it and you can make sure it's paid off, credit, nice credit ratings are a nice thing. But if you, if you can't do that, because like there are certain things I can't do. There are certain things my addictive personality can't handle. And, you know, you can be aware of that because credit cards can be a life destroyer for some people. And, you know, you can recognize yeah, that, that was that was actually going to be like my little piggyback on this thing of advice of like, not only is it about budgeting, but I also think another very important part of that is being aware of what you know, because it's not enough to go like, oh, I shouldn't spend money on this because obviously I spent too much or it's not important, but like avoiding those things. So like example, I know this for a fact. I am not good with those like gotcha games like on mobile. I I I put too much money into those. So like I just don't even download them anymore cuz I'm like I know it's going to suck up my money. So I think another very important part of it is also knowing like I hate to make this comparison but almost like an alcoholic or a drug addict just like staying away from it because you know that you cannot you don't have that willpower to contain yourself. So that's where we talk very much about you know 
the advice that we're looking at right here is for the people who have got the basics down, who have built a budget and generally have a way, a mechanism of sticking to it. If you're at a place, and maybe it's a good segue to the next question, what if I'm not in a place where I, you know, I, I'm a strong budgeter, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm keenly aware of my financial situation, both my current and future, right? I perhaps I'm a living to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck kind of person. Perhaps I often have large unexpected expenses. Perhaps I, um, perhaps my income is inconsistent, right? I, I live through a gig economy. Therefore, I'm constantly having to adjust. You know, making a budget is impossible because my income is unpredictable, unpredictable right? These are all different scenarios that fundamentally you have to learn to master, right? You have to become an expert in accommodating each of those scenarios. And I mean, we'd be here for hours and hours and hours going through each of them individually, but trying to create a forecast plan, right? And or figuring out how you're going to supremely manage your budget so that you can have such great perspective, financial perspective on yourself, assumes you had that previous capability. And if you're not there yet, you need to master those, you know, specific, I don't want to call them deficiencies, uh, situations, scenarios that that you are in, right, for your spending. I want to take the opportunity to tell a little personal story. Um, I had crippling credit card debt when I was in my 20s. And um, the way I got out of that was um, finding a consolidation company um, and then making an agreement with that company and then basically living pretty meager for a while as I paid off the cards. But once they were done, I eventually transitioned to using a credit card for everything and paying it off right away. It was miraculous how having the worst credit card rating in the world changed into a very good one <laughs> so you needed that slap in the face right? um but to get you going there's a whole story behind where that money went um so i had in the late 90s i got into a tech job that was stupid money it was i worked in fast food and then got into this tech job that was giving me insane amounts of money and um in my 20s i thought I'm going to have this forever. Actually, I was like like 19 turning 20 when I first started, I think. And um I it was way too good to be true and I was getting these giant paychecks and compared to fast food paychecks they were insane and I would take every single paycheck and go partying every single weekend. I would spend a whole bunch of money on my friends. I was eating sushi for lunch almost every day and I had no idea what I was doing. I could have bought a house if I would have just taken the time to think about the amount of money I was getting. Yeah, but you were 19 and having fun. Oh my gosh. I, I I do regret some of it. I mean, I do appreciate the fun I have, but wow. Um, and then when inevitably that job got, I got laid off from that job, the company did not fail. The company was testing out some software so they could sell themselves. And it was basically sacrificial money. They were just dumping a whole bunch of money to demo their product and um they just laid us all off it was like a big surprise very and because we were contractors there was no notice it was crazy and um i just continued to live that lifestyle on credit cards for a while because i enjoyed it so much and um but i did get out of it 
and it was hard. I mean, it was a couple of years, but um, I had a job, and I mean, my money went into paying off the debt. And it was it was pretty brutal, but you know, I was able to figure it out, and I learned my lesson through that situation. And um, I think the maturity of getting older, I I just learned. Oh, I can use a credit card. I can I can pay off the credit card. Um, and I also learned I should probably save some money and actually be responsible with my money. And then I had the fortunateness of I started documenting my purchases and just figured out how to do it and went, oh, I think I'm pretty good at this. And went, and then, you know, just got a little bit better with money and then I start getting stuff I liked. And um, But I do have to say credit cards can be scary, scary things, or they could be very, very useful and give you you some value that um a lot of people as they what what you went through by the way is shockingly common i hate to say you're not special brian oh no i'm not at all in this context you're not special whatsoever your situation is your situation but the number of people i have met both in my youth and today who have give told me stories of the the horrible horrible either financial information or lack of financial education leading to to you know either bankruptcy uh, huge amounts of debt having to move back in with their parents and or well there there is no couple. formal financial education down out here so well there isn't i would and that's god we could we can go so many podcasts um but there there isn't uh formal financial education but financial education itself is a necessity and the problem is almost everyone learn, learns it through the school of hard knocks yep Right, through experience like i remember right. in cool and 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 one of the things is talking about money tends to be taboo right there's the there's this personal situation there's the wow. you know the, your own situation your 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 family situation your parents that's an entirely different can of can of beads as to why that's a thing but no, but the reason it's it's because it's so independent. Everybody has a different background and different experience. And because of that, there's always a a comparison to your peers, right? Which means that, well, I'm not comfortable talking about either my financial situation, my spending habits or anything because I feel like I'm being judged. You know, why why should you, this person I'm talking to, have any say in it? And this is this is an attitude that parents also have that they tend to you know, uh, well, it gets absorbed by their children. Um, and because of that, financial education, financial awareness doesn't get passed down the same way that other wisdom might get passed down. Not to mention a lot of parents probably didn't get financial education themselves. And so they don't have, you know, a great awareness either. The the whole culture of not discussing your wages and talking about money is something that came about during the days of the early unions as a way to stop people from organizing. If you got people to make, if you made it taboo to talk about that kind of thing, people wouldn't gather and talk about it. And the less people talk about how much they make, the less they'd realize the differences and all the bullshit that goes on. And there's there's so, such a such a, a kind of a waterfall effect of being afraid to talk about financial situations and being therefore afraid of being financially educated and, and becoming financially literate, right? Money's a scary thing. I need money to live. It's a very fundamental part of my existence that if I get wrong, I'm screwed. I could hurt myself. I could hurt my family. I could damage my future. It's a, it's a sense of, you know, uh, dread some people have just thinking about budgeting. It's too complicated. It's mathematic, right? There's just so much negativity around 
finance. And then there's the externalities of, you know, portrayal of wealth, the concept of, you know, differentiating because of a financial scale, all those things, they just make finance such a difficult thing for most people to even talk about or be receptive about. You know what this topic reminds me of? Do you know what today is, guys? Cinco de Mayo. It's Karl Marx's birthday. Really? (laughs) I actually didn't know that. No, no. I didn't know that either. Um, and so starting starting with uh, starting with financial education when you are young to help prevent these kinds of things from happening, these these unfortunate, like I said, school of hard knocks that practically everyone goes through, right? Um, so if you're li- listening to this podcast, right, and you know you you're in that situation, like most people are, that oh wait, I'm afraid of you know be- becoming financially literate, or I I love what I do, but how am I ever going to afford the future things, right? I love buying the latest, you know, computer gizmos. I love upgrading my 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 sound system. I love, you know, attending all these cons. I want to fly over and and you know meet uh, meet people at, in in different countries, right? You have to take that first step of becoming financially literate, right? You have to do the research. But here's the great thing about being a nerd and starting to get interested in finances. What do nerds love to do? We love gamifying things. I mean, yeah, right? Finance, by definition, is gamified. Yep. You know what you win at the end of it when you're good at it? Money. Money. Okay. I mean, you're rewarded with money to do to do finance well. You want to talk about you want to talk about gamifying things on Steam this year? There were two or three uh, uh, relationship simulators that helped you do your taxes. There you go. And you know what? You know what nerds are really good at is obsessing over things Mm. we're really good at obsessing over things and one of the great things to obsess about frugality is a great hobby and you can go on like tiktok or youtube and just find crap tons of frugal tips i can tell you right now how to go to a convention for free uh get invited go to well you know that's an option for us and we take advantage of that (laughs) start a podcast (laughs) start a podcast and then call all the conventions and say your podcast would like to attend the convention that's a great way to get in for free we have done that before that's oh, how by we, by we you mean you um by we mean royally, you mean you royally i we well stolas went to the con did stolas pay to go to the con no oh okay well never mind then yeah. wait uh, what con did i go to Hukan. no i didn't you didn't go to Hukan. i thought we all went to Hukan. nope i did not go oh okay me then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say speaking of like gamifying all this and making it super nerdy and like how being frugal can be super nerdy i knew a lady that would use her husband's like old um magic card like folders with the with the the card sleeves and she would put coupons in the card sleeves oh yeah that's a good <laughs> life hack nice yeah. um so how do you go to a convention for free um, I make it really quick if you're not like a podcaster or something. What you do is you um, you can contact convention organizers. And starting with the smaller cons is usually the best way to do this. You can do this at larger cons, but you, um, smaller cons, it's a little easier. You contact convention organizers and you ask them what kind of voluntary... Um, what kind of voluntary service is required to have free access to the con? Some of them offer hotel rooms. Some of them offer free hotel um, hotel discounts. Um, a way to go to cons and get free flights is to contact companies that are doing things at those cons, and um, they'll often pay for flights for volunteers. Some of them do that. You may have to do a few before you can get a free flight, but it's possible. 
it so you can either cut a lot of your expenses on a con and that's how i did so many cons back in the day was voluntary service i don't know i mean getting invited just sounds so much easier it really does but you know (laughs) not all of us i wouldn't know i've never been invited to a con i always pay when i go to places look you're looking right at me i know you're looking right at me because i'm the only one here who it's happened to (laughs) i actually still haven't been to a con honestly yeah, uh, Strategic Con is going to be in about the uh, end of the month. Yeah, that's a good entry level of one to go into, and you're not too far away. I don't know. I got a personal tour of Dark Horse Comic. Nice. Yeah. The... It was really nice. Oh, yeah, and you got invited to do that, too. I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for another gig I was doing, but it was, it was a journalism gig, and I just said, hey, I want to write an article, and I contacted them, and they were like, sure, come on in. And I got, like, it was like a two-hour free tour and some swag, and it was great. Yeah, um, Erica is so nerdy that she actually, you fit that in when you were coming out here for my wedding, right? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Dark Horse is like not too far away from me. <laughs> I was like, I'm already going to be there. <laughs> um, we're at the top of the hour, so I want to just um, just throw some stuff out here. Let's... Let's end on a really fun note. What's the dumbest, not necessarily the dumbest, like what's like the nerdiest thing you've bought when just go around? Because I know we've all done something nerdy and Eric is volunteering to go first. I bought a Corvette. <laughs> you bought that beautiful Corvette. I did, yeah. And and you did it yeah, smart, so though. I, di- I did do it smart. I didn't just be like, I'm going to go buy a Corvette. No, um, a friend of ours, uh, his father passed away and he had a Corvette. And, you know, he's a good friend of mine. And he was going to sell it. Um, you know, he was selling off the estate. And he was going to sell it to, you know, like, like car nerds or whatever. But essentially, he didn't know anything about the car. And they were like, well, when did this happen and blah 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 and like they they were just like he's like man i don't know do you want to buy the car and like they were just giving him such a hard time i was like i'll buy it and because we're friends he gave it to me for blue book so and it was an old vet i know it was an old vet and i had it for two years during the pandemic when you couldn't go anywhere and do anything so i would take the top off and drive around because why not there's nothing else to do can't go around and be around people and i really do enjoy driving um and then i sold it uh what a year ago for twice the amount that i actually purchased it for nice how you do it yeah so i got two years out of this great corvette and then i sold it for and made some money that's so, awesome that actually my, i would say that was i'd say that's my nerdiest purchase is because i was just like you know what i really like driving i've never owned a corvette i think i'll buy the corvette yeah we are on such opposite yeah. ends of the car spectrum you're like i like driving i want a corvette and i'm like i hate driving cars are nothing more than machines that get me from point a to point b I mean, by definition, yes. I don't know. Um, I Well, as a kid, we did a lot of cross-country trips. Like, our longest one was we drove from San Diego to Maine. God I don't think damn. there is a longer... Yeah, I don't think there's a longer trip than that in the I think United you can States. go Florida, like, to, uh, Florida to uh, Miami to Anchorage. Oh, well, yeah, but you got to go through Canada to do that. So. Yeah, but it's still oh. a continuous road. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going through Canada. I'm just saying, like, continental, staying in the U.S., I'm pretty sure that's the longest trip. 
Um, but we did that a lot when I was a kid. It was no big deal to like jump in the car and drive three states away, you know, for, you know, an extended weekend or well, something. Well, so, on the East Coast, three states away is only a couple hundred miles. Here, three states away is several days. <laughs> yeah, Erica, yeah, well, Erica, I lived did, in California at the time. Could I tell this the thing I'm most jealous about you about? It, it involves spending money, but could I tell the... So, Erica has seen more bands than anybody I know. Because she has no problem, well, when you could, I mean, because a lot of this was pre-family, but you did a lot of it after family, too. But you had no problem driving to Chicago to go to concerts a lot. And, I mean, it dates all the way back to high school. So you were like, you've seen You've seen bands that people are jealous. Because you've seen most of the 90s bands. I have. Several times, most of them. Um, But... I mean, but I do stuff like bands playing in Chicago. I mean, this is when I was in Ohio and it was a six hour drive. So I drive six hours, I'd watch the band and then I drive home and sleep for two hours and then go to work. So it wasn't like I was like, I, I mean, I do have it's a like question. a toll. Well, because the thing that's going through everyone's head is, well, everybody used to do stuff like that when it was when they were younger. When was the last time you did it, Erica? A couple of years ago, I saw. I think it was well, like because three. Of, because of the pandemic, I was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah I believe it. I mean, well, my... okay, Erica, you're only 21, right? So it's cool. <laughs> I mean, nerdiest oh, thing I ever bought is, is nowhere near that good. Uh, yeah. Nerdiest thing I ever bought was, uh, I, as I said, I, I work for, I work at the Renaissance Fair out here, so I'm, I'm a cast member. So from part of my costume, I actually went on eBay and bought some actual Elizabethan coins that I, that I keep in a small pouch on my belt when I'm in character, just so I have them. Oh, God, I feel like I asked the right <laughs> question that's crazy that's awesome i didn't know that yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah i spent like 100 bucks on these eight on these fucking 50, coins from the 1500s <laughs> they're tiny they don't weigh much and they're like you they're, a couple of them are a little smooth but you can see they're definitely stamped and they are all that old as shit a couple of them are even cut into pieces like they would have been. Yeah. I think we're looking at some of Jay's nerdiest pur- purchases right now. These are passion purchases. I wouldn't necessarily call them <laughs> nerdy. Yeah. I, and- I had to decide whether or not I was going to, when I went to university, I had to decide whether or not I was going to go into music or into computers. I figured which one's going to make me more money and which one do I want to continue to love. So I continue to love, right? Um, but my nerdiest purchase, I mean, the my wife doesn't listen to this stuff, so she wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, whatever I, it is, take like $500 off of the price tag just in case she's listening. It's not going to make a difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's really good then. No, no, no. So, like, you know, I, I, I used to work at a computer shop and I've been building computers my whole life, kind of thing. So I've, I've spent well over 50 grand on, you know, PC parts and stuff. Like oh, that. you'll like mine then. Um, but I think my, my one nerdiest purchase, other than buying this house just so I could have a nerd room, but that doesn't really count. That's just an excuse. Um, I, I spent $250 on years and years ago on a mint copy of, uh, Final Fantasy three for Super Nintendo. Um, I had, I actually had, I I still do have both. Uh, I have just the original cassette that I bought when I was a kid, um, but I wanted to buy it as an adult again just so I could have a mint copy. You know, every time I talk to a Canadian nerd about this kind of thing, they always have some crazy collectible that's like the coolest thing of the world. I'm starting to get convinced it's a Canadian nerd thing. <laughs> I tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't know. I've spent a lot of money on vinyl records over the years. I've been collecting them since I was 15. A lot of money on vinyls. That's a good thing. I found it. That's quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll probably like this, Jay. I uh this is before like they start reprinting vinyls and like everybody was like selling them at garage sales and everything. I found a unopened first print of rumors and I still have it. I haven't clearly haven't opened it. I have I bought another one that, you know, was used that I do listen to, but that one is still unopened. You are so nerdy. I was like you're a good nerdy though. <laughs> You're nerdy, but you're a good nerdy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. She's really nerdy. Yeah. That's solid. I'm just never so happy that she can finally like, admit it. Because, like Jay said, like, I never thought of it as being nerdy. I thought of it as passion stuff, like things I was passionate about, and I never put the two and two together. So. I think it is because you were kind of the cool kid in high school, so of course she didn't think you were a nerd. <laughs> know if i was the cool kid i don't think anybody i went to high school with would say i was the cool kid was i was the one they were afraid of absolutely who's nerdier the nerdy person who realizes they're nerdy or the nerdy kid who doesn't realize it and they think they're really cool (laughs) (laughs) like yeah guys i'm so cool cool. yeah guys i'm so cool look at my magic the gathering collection (laughs) i'm so awesome i don't think i think stolas is telling a story about themselves Nope, nope, not me. I was well aware of the dork I was and the dork I am. Um, Stolas, so nerdiest purchase? Um, this is actually a relatively recent one, but it'd have to be. This was done over like a good year. I I put together my current um gaming PC, but this was also the first uh, time I made a custom water cooling loop for my PC. So so I have um. I have like a, I got the, what was it? I got the, um, I got the AMD, um, 6950 XT, which was the top of, which is the top line graphics card of the last Still generation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they have a new one, but this was the, the best of, of the last generation. Yeah. Um, so I got that. I got that with, um, it's, it's liquid cooled. I have a, um, I have, of course, my liquid cooled uh, CPU, but I didn't just get a regular like CPU like um, water block. I got a mono block, so I'm also cooling the MOSFET. Um, all set up to fans, RGB up the ass. Um, it's even got like a my 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 flow pump and uh, reservoir has like a little has like a little digital screen that tells me exactly the temperatures of the coolant, like nice. the whole thing. Uh, all together, I want to say the computer all together with everything like parts and the cooling and all that. It was probably it's probably around like three thousand dollars. So half the price of a MacBook. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I just made enemies of half the people who listen to your podcast. <laughs> well, Jay was actually part of a discussion we were having where we had a friend who um, looked up what the most expensive Mac you can buy is. Yeah. What was it? Something like fifteen thousand dollars. It was fifteen grand at the time, or close to twenty grand or something. It was yeah, like fifty grand. Plus, yeah, plus, plus no, like the that. display. You can spend you know tens of thousands on the displays and stuff like that. Like and when we when we t- were talking about it, Jay got mad. Jay was like, "It's le- there's something wrong about them selling that." <laughs> it's unethical. But you know what? I mean, it's the same thing as those. What are those Hermes bags and stuff like that? Yeah, like, I, yeah those, those high fashion things that are just specifically high priced because they need to be high priced because market because psychology it's that kind of stuff that i find apple pulls but anyways that's just me i don't want to make no i i I, no i'm on your side 
I yeah, am, I'm on I your am side, also man. on your side there. Yeah, that's... I, I work in IT at a school. I hate Macintosh. I hate Apple products. Agreed. I'm not a cultist. I never have been. I never will be. But yeah, Jason's right. They're, they cost a lot because the name. Like, you're paying for a name, basically. I mean, I've just like never with liked anything, them because... I can talk about the pros and cons, but I, 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 I'm not a big fan of them. Go ahead, no, I Well, I was just saying, I've never liked, you know, I hate un how uncustomizable they are that's few, what i hate like a, a, a few years ago they were max were the go-to for people that used editing software and people that did you know creation and were you know making music and making videos and stuff and that was great and yeah. but it pcs have caught up in their their gpu performance and stuff to where now it's a moot point so back in the day I, there was a need for macintosh for certain areas but now it's it, yeah, you're paying for the, the only, name the only thing you have now is like max there's some software Software that is the industry standard for certain things that only runs on Macs, and it's still, you know, that, that's going to do that. <laughs> it's going to be See, that I, way for a while. I used to be all about building my own computer and like having, you know, to play games on and everything like that. I mean, I I probably dropped not quite three thousand dollars, Anthony, when I built my last one, but I work on a computer all day, and I don't want to sit at a computer in my off time anymore to be honest with you plus oh, my no. work, you know yeah i understand oh, i understand how you feel i totally a, i totally get it you just plop yeah. yourself down in front of a massive tv screen instead and play a playstation or watch a movie or that's what i or, do or, or, i have, or, I have my i have my ps5 and sit on that all day and scroll on it i don't right? i mean no you don't no right? i don't i'm not i'm not big on my i'm not on my phone very much at all to be honest with you like i lose my phone i have to ask google to find my phone so often that my kids think it's a joke at this point. They're oh. like, oh, bitter ass, because I'm not on my phone a lot, but I do sit, I have my TV on my wall and I've got my PS5. I do, and I will sit in my recliner and I will play my PS5 in my off time, but I don't want to sit at a computer desk with my computer. And, and I kind of hate that because I grew up playing PC games. I mean, Brian knows how many hours I, I spent wrapped up in a blanket playing Neverwinter Nights, like, hours 12 13 yeah and you love great love for things like xcom and stuff like that yeah yeah and i there's so many wow. huh D xcom is a deep cut good for you oh, xcom's a great game how did yeah. you not know you're a nerd what? Right? I don't, uh, I didn't. One of the okay. best things is you need to meet her dad. You meet Milton and you'll be like, how in the hell did you not know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad is, I have to say my dad is the reason that I'm a nerd. He really is. Like, you know, I learned to play D&D &D at nine years old sitting on his lap like that. Like, but to me, that was just stuff you did. Like, I didn't never really put it together. It, 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 there was no definition of it for you. The nerd's just a label, and it's like, you know, I've heard the term, but I never applied it to myself. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. my dad has comic books. He's been collecting comic books since the 70s, and he has them all in the, in the white little boxes, and they're completely organized, all the series, you know, never missing anything. And as a kid, I would just go, we had this room dedicated to his comic book and i would just go in there and be like hey dad i want to read a comic where do i you think i should start and he'd be like oh here try this one and he'd hand me a whole box 
box of comics and I'd sit there and read comics that haven't been printed since before I was born. And like, I never thought of it. I was just like, oh, this is a thing people do. Of course it is. Why not? I, I just thought of the thing that I bought that was nerdier than the thing that I bought. Um, and I don't know how you made me think of it. So I've lost my train of thought. Apologies. But the Lord of the Rings, when it came out on a box set, the extended editions, one of the box set came with a National Geographic cut of um, the Montreal Symphony Orchestra playing a tribute to the various, the entire, uh, the entire uh, mm-hmm. whatever uh, soundscape. Um, I was at that concert knowing that they were going to be recording it, and I spent three hundred bucks on front row tickets specifically so that I could. A, experience the thing. B, be caught on film. So I'm, you can see the top. I'm six foot five, so it's very easy to tell where I am. I'm <laughs> right up in front there. And you can see me many, many times throughout that, uh, that, that production. And yeah, so that one was a little bit nerdier. That's pretty awesome, though. That's pretty um, awesome. You're forever cemented in there, even I'm if it's like just your head. I, I have to say the nerdiest thing I've ever purchased was um, I'd never been to a steampunk convention before. And I had a friend who was really, really into steampunk, like ridiculously into steampunk. It was always asking me every year, we're going to Iron Horse. You want to go to Iron Horse? We're going to Iron Horse. We want to go to Iron Horse. And every year I was like, no, I don't have a costume. I don't, I'm not into it. I'm not going to do it. And then the year before I moved up to Oregon, I knew I wasn't going to have another chance. He was like, do you want to go to Iron Horse? And I said, yeah, sure. I'll go to Iron Horse. And I went online and I bought everything and showed up looking like I'd been doing steampunk for 10 years. It was a dumb amount of money. and But I had some discretionary money at the time that I could I could use. I but I you know we were talking about budgeting for surprises. I budget for dumb things. You know we don't you know I have to say now I don't buy myself stuff very often because I find that I have what I want and you know if I want something I'll end up you know I might go I want it but I do that thing where you go I'm gonna put this in a in a wish list and go I'll look at this later and see if I still have the same feeling about it and then half the time I look at it and go why did I want that it so but this specific time I think my desire was it really annoyed me that my friend liked steampunk that much and he was bugging me about going every single year so I wanted to show up looking like the best steampunk outfit possible i love that costume and because i bought that guy it's a purple tailcoat it's got goggles it's got a cane that's an actual real steam engine and you can hook it up to a compressor and it'll run and i wear that damn costume to any nerdy event i can and i wore it to work a couple times nice and i love that you you have no regrets about that Uh uh-uh no 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 regrets no regret. So if I can take that full circle, right? Um, if you want, no matter where your financial situation is, right? You found yourself in a good one and you're able to, yeah, easily or with with relative ease, you know, uh, make that kind of purchase. Can I add a little clarification, Cliff? Because I want to, yeah. it came across like I went, Sure, I'll go to the convention and then blew $3,000 on a costume. I had a year's notice and I bought a piece every month. That's that's really good wisdom. And, and, yeah. and what I want to say is you went about it the right way. And and I think to anybody who's listening, watching slash listening this is irrespective of where your financial situation, you, you find yourself. Um, if there's a thing you want to buy. You, you say to yourself, well, I, I'd really like to do this thing. Maybe it's a small purchase. Maybe it's a big purchase. Maybe it's short term. Maybe it's long term. Right. Don't put 
put yourself in the mental space of no, I can't do that because whatever. Put yourself in the mental space of I want to do it, I can do it, but do it smart, do it right, think about it, use whatever tricks that you need, right, to get yourself to the to the to the situation where you can be. Make it a plan, adapt, change, think about it consciously, and then adapt the plan as it evolves. Let's say it's a very very large purchase, right, that you're going to do in six months or a year. You start investing a little bit, a little bit at a time, putting some money aside in a savings account, not touching it. If your financial situation changes, you adapt. Maybe you adapt the timeline. Maybe you adapt the amounts that you put uh, put in on every given month. Yada yada. But you're conscious. You're thinking. You're engaged. You're involved in the purchase or in the activity in the investment. That's putting financial literacy into practice, and that's good. Irrespective of whether or not that decision is going to bring you, in retrospect, joy or not, having gone through the activity of planning it out, thinking it out, rationalizing it, and then doing it, most of the times you'll be plenty happy with having done it, right? But that yeah, I mean, what you should always be doing with your life. And, and I think that's a, a good way. So e- even like nerdy things aside, one of the biggest things you just said there was making sure you're actively putting money aside, right? So whether it's a surprise purchase or, you know, an emergency that comes up, or, you know, any of those things or, you know, maybe you're one of those people who's like, I've always wanted to go on a on a trip and, you know, one day I'll do it. Right. So it's one of those things where if you're constantly putting money aside and one of the easiest ways that I found to do that. And I don't know if you'll agree with me, Jay, but one of the easiest things that I found to do that is I just set up on the days I get paid automatic withdrawal, 10 percent of what I make goes into my savings account. So I never see it. Therefore, I never miss it. And I have that nest egg that just grows and grows and grows. And then when cars break down or trips have to be taken or I want to buy a Corvette, you know, the the money is sitting there and I could just do that. So it's one of those things where, you know, at least for me, I put away 10% of everything I make. And that's after retirement because I do my retirement match and my IRA and stuff like that. So if you never see the money, you're not going to miss it. It's like it's not even there. It's like it's not even there. You never had it to spend it, but then you have a gift for yourself later on. Um, What I will say, though, and and yes, absolutely, that that practice of putting the money away automatically... Um, making sure you take advantage of if you're in a in a company that will do, for example, matched investments for your your retirement funds. All, oh yeah, four hundred one ks are free money if you oh, have that money, option. Money all the time, never, never not. But what I will say, and this is something that comes from Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? Can't spend your money when you're dead. Don't be afraid. Don't be paranoid of the future. Plan for it. Don't be afraid of spending your money. Think about it. Practice financial literacy, right? Be conscious of your expenditures and then spend it. Yeah. And so I want to start. So I want to start saving money, like uh, kind of like what Erica is doing, where I just put it off to the side every month because I want to save up for a house. What do you think about high yield bank accounts? I've heard those are good for like house saving. High yield savings accounts? Yes, savings accounts. Yeah. So um, I, again, I don't I don't know if it's this is across the states or state by state or anything like that. Um, capital gains is something you're going to have to get familiar with. Capital gains is tax on any money that you make. Right. We have yeah, we have that here in the states. Yeah. Right. Um, trying to use investment vehicles that limit capital gains or the impact on capital gains is smart. But again, 
There's a lot of different strategies. And to the extent that you are able to do that, I would talk with a financial advisor as to what the best vehicle is for you. A high yield savings account, especially now that interest rates are high, might be a good idea. Right. Uh, short-term investment or managed investment right, might be something a little bit better. Again, your situation will differ. So in general, yeah, they're great, especially if it's going to be like a trickle-in kind of thing. Right. Stolas is a great researcher. So so you mentioned keywords, <laughs> they're going to figure out how to do it pretty quick. Right. And it's going to be a while. Like it's a good like four years before we even have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of your specific goal, it's interesting. You talked about trying to uh, invest for a, a down payment on a house, right? Um, again, there are a lot of different states and countries that do different benefit things, especially because real estate is so incredibly hard to get into if you're not already into it, into it right? Um, in Canada, we have this thing called the Home Buyers Plan, where you can take um, $35,000 out of your RSPs, which is equivalent to the 401k. Oh, well, we're doing, things, we're doing things a bit of a different way. I'm not We're not looking at like buying a house that's already there and like putting it on down payment. We want to go to like Oregon probably and get land and build a tiny house. So it's a little, it's a little different. I think I don't uh, know. If, I don't know if like first time no. home buyer programs work for that or not. Um, it's a real estate investment. So again, I would check with with local laws and things like that. But a real estate investment is a real estate investment. You whether you get a mortgage on the house or you get a large loan to build a house, right? If you're going to go the constructor's route. It ultimately a loan's a loan, right? Um, so mm-hmm. whether or not something can apply for that loan, whether or not you can collateralize it again with something like a 401k, again, I would talk to a financial advisor and or a mortgage specialist about it because it'll, it'll be different everywhere and giving generic financial advice is not what we're trying to presume. Uh, yeah, and no one here is talking about how to get rich. It's just sort of no, how to get by um, yeah, and yeah. how to buy the nerdy things you want to buy. It, I have a, so I'm thinking I have one last question question for Jay, and this is a quick one because we got to wrap up so we can do our bonus episode real quick. Um, but Jay, yeah. I like to break down a project. You know, we've talked about personal budget and you can't do a project. You can only do the steps towards getting a project done. So for personal finance, for getting a budget, for getting started, what does somebody who wants to get started with personal finance, what's the first thing they should do what's their next action that's that's a that's a really tough question yeah surprising (laughs) a really really tricky question it depends on where you are but uh, let's say you have never let's say you're coming green you're you're, yeah, you're, green is where I'm first going. Job, get your first job, get your first paycheck coming in, right? You've never spent a dime other than maybe your parents' allowance or something like that, right? Um, you can't make money by spending more money than you're making, obviously. So thinking about what you're going to spend your money on is the first step, yeah. right? And Figuring don't out what about spending are. money you don't have. Think about spending money you're going to have. But it can't be just a pipe dream. It can't just be, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend this money because I'm going to win the lottery in six months, right? If you have upcoming money, you can think about upcoming expenses. That's the basics of budgeting, right? And budgeting sounds complicated, but it it basically just, here's the money that uh, that's coming in. Can I think about the ways it's going to go out? And just start thinking, that, literally just start thinking about that. That's that was good one advice. of the things that that I did is um, when I was in sales, I had a commission job, right? So I had an hourly rate and I had a commission rate. And 
commissions variable and here in the U.S. it's taxed pretty darn high. You don't actually make all that money. But what I did, especially because, you know, family and everything is I budgeted based on my hourly, all of my expenses. So I knew that no matter what, I would have my expenses caught, caught you know, covered. And then my commission was a bonus. And that's where I would put it into my savings and save up for things, invested in different things. Um, And that worked out very well for me. I know a lot of sales reps that bank on paying their bills based on their commission. And I think that's very, very unhealthy. Like I drove, I drove the same car for years and years and years. You know, it was like 20 year old car you know, before I got rid of it. Um, but I had people I worked with that were buying like super fancy, nice cars because they were banking on their commission to pay those, those car notes, $700, $800 car notes. And I think I would die if I ever had a car note that was over $300 like that. Absolutely not. Like I'm, that's never going to be a thing for me. That's perfect advice. Anything that is commissions, tips, bonuses should never be part of your yearly budget as much as possible. Now, that said, some people's income is always variable, right? So you have to do that to the best of your abilities. However, if you you do have some semblance of a fixed wage, salary, hourly, whatever it ends up being, do not count the delta, the small, the smaller, potentially even large change that a commission tip or bonus check will give you in figuring out the basics, your living expenses, shelter, food, electricity, and more and more things like, you know, um, connectivity, communication, right? Those are more and more necessities, right? Um, your uh, commute, gas and or, you know, pa- bus passes, things like things that you need to live, right? Those should not be. If, if your budget requires you to take from that commission check to, to uh, structure and fund those basic activities, that's by definition living beyond your means, okay? Um, so yeah, use that money as much as possible for the small things, for the future purchases. Your nerd purchases should not go into the base, should not never cut in to your base budget, right? Unfortunately, if your nerd does, you either need to reduce that base budget and figure out, you know, hey, do I have a way of living cheaper? Maybe I'm driving everywhere. Maybe public transit's an option. Maybe I can cut down on the number of streaming services I've got. Maybe I can reduce my cell phone bill. Maybe I can reduce my overall commute by working from home, let's say. Maybe I need another job. Maybe I need another part-time job because I've only got like a couple of gigs going on. Whatever, you have to sort out your financial situation to broaden it, right? Because if your nerd purchases are cutting into that, unfortunately, you, you're you not budgeting. Jay, I have to say, I am so glad you invited yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was amazing. Um, Best guests are the ones we don't have to schedule. Yay. Well, I asked Jay if he could recommend anybody, and he recommended himself, and I was like, cool. <laughs> well, no, I, I said uh, anybody like me, or I think you've had Matt on before. Yeah, I'd had Matt on you before, Matt on, so, so yeah. you know. Hopefully I'm not contrary. I, if you spoke about similar things, is he no. awesome? No. Oh, he no, I don't no, remember listen, what our topic was, but David This is Uncharted, Chan- Uncharted, Uncharted Territory. Okay, cool, cool. Then. Yeah, I think it was gaming-related. 
I think it was gaming. Matt, Matt also works in the financial industry, so I figured he might already have done something about that because he likes that stuff too. No, uh, I think it was gaming related. I I don't uh, remember uh, it. It was a while back. I, we'd definitely have him back. I I um I would love to have you back because you know it, it would be nice to do this as like a series, like not one after the other, but like <laughs> every once in a while, do like oof, nerdy oof. finance I stuff. Sm- I smell a segment theme song. My idea... I'm more interested. I want to talk to Jay about music. I've been staring at those guitars. Yeah, like, no, we, we haven't done a music episode in a while. We do them on occasion. And if anyone wants to see those guitars, that's patreon.com slash nerdpodcast. Mood segue. That's your two. That's your two. Eric angry if we... Find it in your budget to put um, our podcast in there. (laughs) I'm going to be reaching out to a guest soon. We're going to do an episode about Tool soon. The band? The band, yeah. Sweet. I know absolutely nothing about Tool. Um, uh, my, um, my wife is a big fan of a specific YouTuber who we just found doesn't live too far away and is a giant tool fan. Nice. Um, she asked me to reach out for him and ask him if he'll be on a tool episode. And I went, okay, sweet. sweet. Yeah. Because maybe that'll make her listen to our show for the first time. (laughs) I got, I actually got to see them once. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. That I, have you ever seen him? Um, Jay? I have not seen them live. No. Um, yeah, they, he uh, he he sang behind from behind a screen. Yeah, I I went to one show where he he like was in the wall like all the way into the wall through the whole show. Mm-hmm. I know both shows I saw. Um, well, I've seen I've seen Tool twice. I've seen A Perfect Circle twice, and I've seen Pussifer once. So I've seen all of his band, all of Maynard James Keaton's band. You've seen every band a hundred times. You've seen that is not true. You've seen bands that were dead before you were born. Somehow, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but I did get to see the Eagles before. Uh, before he died, before Glenn Fry died. So that was nice. Tool's an interesting... But, I don't know if you brought that up on purpose, because Tool is an exceedingly nerdy band. Not only Yeah, that's why we at, would be talking only, about them on the not show. Not only popular for nerds, but a music nerds band. Yeah. Because they are exceedingly technical, weird-ass time signatures all over the place. I um, love it, though. I love it beautiful, so much. gorgeous music. He, I mean, he, uh, Maynard makes such, like, incredible lyrics, but Danny Carey's, you know, rhythm structures and phrasing and stuff like that is off. Anyways, it's an, it, you can go. You can nerd out on Tool. I'm sensing so- another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, we're 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 gonna close for now, but we have we're we're gonna dig into this stuff in the bonus episode. So I'm um I just want to say, Jay, you have exceeded my expectations as I expected. You are a fantastic order, and you have you have taught us all, and I'm sure our listeners are gonna love you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I had a great time being here. Thank you so much. And uh, if there's ever anything in any more questions or anything like that, happy to come back. Yeah, you absolutely took over the show, and we totally love you for it. We were enraptured. I mean, we're all <laughs> sitting here just going, we're learning stuff. <laughs> I, I very much appreciate it. Um, I I just want to say, um, we know everybody's financial situation is different, and it would be audacious of us to just be like, anybody can manage their funds and get out of their situation. That's not true. There are situations of poverty that are not escapable without outside intervention or without help or miracles. We're not saying that. We're saying that there are fundamental things that are good to do 
when you have money to manage it and you know nerds buy dumb stuff and nerdy stuff and knowing oh. how to manage money is good when you have money to buy nerdy stuff or sometimes you get stuck in a rock and a hard place like yeah. i also had credit card debt issues but ours was caused by a roommate ditching us and we needed to take credit cards to pay bills like to, to keep the lights on like sometimes life sucks but i hope that yeah. we've been able through our experiences be able to share some stuff that might be able to help feel free to reach out to us about you know this topic none of us well one of us is an expert but um most of us are not um but um it was it was great that we could do this and thank you for listening um i have been super vegan brian i joined by chrissy smurfarka bye david the second person i'm saying <laughs> the name of <laughs> bye everybody <laughs> stolas bye everyone i love you not, not even gonna try one huh I I have a lot of people to outro, <laughs> and our our beloved first time guest Jay. Thank you so much. You're an excellent GM and an excellent podcast guest. Thanks so much. Um, so everybody out there, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. All right, nerds, let's roll for initiative. Yeah.